With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Happy New Year's, everyone. We appreciate you guys joining us. It is 2023, and as the new Chargers, it is a stress-free Sunday, one we haven't felt in years. Jamie, we were just talking about it. Hadn't had to stress at all this game. Yeah, that was... That was about as stress-free of a game as we've had in, I don't know, 10 years? <laughs> I mean, forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we were talking about it on the Discord. It felt like a preseason game. It yeah. Was, they were in control early. The game was over early. They got some of the scrubs on the field. Um, they got to see what, you know, Roundtree looked like. They got to see a little bit of Daniel, which I hope we don't see any more of at all, <laughs> ever. Um. So but, I see your Taylor at the end there, some Dean Leonard, some JT Woods. Yeah, they, they, they got the guys on the back of the roster on the field, got them some snaps. They got some fourth quarter snaps for Bosa to keep getting him up to speed. Um, it was, I mean, I don't think you could have asked for a much better script for a week 17 game for the Chargers. They, they did everything they needed to do. They won the game, which was huge. Four game mm-hmm. winning streak in, at the end of the season. You know, five weeks ago, they looked like they were – tilting towards being dead in the water, even at six and six, they, they had lost two in a row to the chiefs and the, and the um, Niners. 
and they were struggling beating good football teams. Yep. They beat, they got two wins in a row to start this streak over, um, over teams with winning records. They've now won four in a row. They're on, looks like they're hunting that fifth seed, which is nice to see, um, taking care of business. And what's that? You want the Steelers to win tonight for that fifth seed. We want the Steelers to win tonight. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get into some of those scenarios (laughs) later in the show, but, um, you know, right now we're looking at this, the Ravens losing at least one of their next two games, and the Chargers ideally winning out. But if the if the if the Ravens lose tonight or next week, the Chargers could technically lose to the Broncos next week and still take the fifth seed because they would hold the the tiebreaker yep. because of their record in the AFC. So encouraging stuff. Um, yeah, did not think we'd be in this situation four or five weeks ago. They've turned it around and everybody played a great, I mean, it was a complete game. They got great, yeah. great play out of the special teams, the defense, for the most part, they had some struggles with the running game, but they, mm-hmm. they kind of held it down in the second half and, and played some good defense. And the offense was as good as it's been maybe all year scoring 31 points and making things look easy, which is not something we're accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, they weren't perfect. I think uh, the drive, right before halftime where they kind of stalled, which felt like three very scattered plays with three uncatchable balls from Herbert. Uh, even Keenan was tapping his chest saying, uh, you know, he, he didn't get his head around quick enough. Uh, other than that, and um, following the, uh, the Kyle Van Oy, uh strip sack fumble recovery, they kind of stalled there too. But I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was as close to playoff ready as they were today. I mean, the run game looked lethal with uh, Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly eating up a ton of yards, Eckler through the air. Uh, a big one is the O-line today. They kept Herbert clean, no sacks. Uh, the one with Ramsey coming off the corner was on Herbert, who for whatever reason just didn't see him. Uh, that's on 10. I, you can't blame the O-line for that one. But kept him clean all game long. They were able to get some throws down the field. We saw some deep shots today. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen made some highlight reel catches Keenan was killing it up the seam today. We saw Mike William make him really count on the sidelines. We saw red zone touchdowns from Herbert, which we haven't seen in a couple weeks, uh, both to Everett and Parham, uh, some red zone touchdowns from Herbert. And offensively, they spread it all around. They made it look easy. Herbert was surgical. They put up 30-plus points, which they hadn't done in 11 games. It was excellent offensively. Uh, defensively, the run game struggled. Uh, we'll talk probably about some other things that happened. But, man, I mean – Quite honestly, we had talked about how we didn't want them resting starters these next two games. There was kind of a, look, they clinched a playoff spot. Should they be able to kind of just roll with the backups and just see wherever the chips fall? But they're playing for playoff seed right now. Like Jamie mentioned, they could get the fifth seed, uh, depending on how Baltimore shakes out these last two weeks. But it, this Jamie and I were like, this should be a tune-up game for the offensive defense. Let The offense has been struggling. For 10 straight weeks, they hadn't gotten a third, not not including that third quarter touchdown, which they got today. Uh, they went scoreless, but really Herbert's been pretty cold in terms of passing touchdowns. They were able to get two today, and it really felt like this was their way to start peaking at the right time for this offense. They really threw it all out there today, and they, they blew out a bad team, and that's what good teams do. Yeah, you know, I thought um... – I thought Lombardi had probably his best game of the season in terms of play calling. They didn't execute terribly well at the end of the half, which was a little frustrating, but it seemed to me like Lombardi was kind of playing games with the Rams defense at times. And we can't say that very often. Um, You know, 
they mentioned it on the broadcast. They'd throw the ball underneath, then they'd push the ball up the seam in the middle of the field, then they'd throw the ball underneath, then they'd get something out to the boundary to Mike. Um, it was just they they hit all three levels of the defense, made it look easy at times. Uh, Herbert was challenging the middle of the field uh, deep and an intermediate, which is something they haven't done a lot of in recent mm -hmm. weeks. He'd been kind of hesitant to, to make those throws, but he made some really nice throws, throwing the ball between defenders and and getting Keenan up the middle like that. Mm -hmm. um, Mike, with that great one-handed catch up the sideline, he had a catch couple of really life. nice catches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was that was the Mike Williams catch of all Mike Williams catches. <laughs> he also had a nice juggling catch on the sideline where he tried to catch it one-handed and got it off the juggle. Um, but they really – I thought they, they called a – I thought Lombardi for the most part called a complete game. They ran the ball really well. They controlled the line of scrimmage better than they have at any point all season long. Uh, they were able to break off some big runs. The screen game was effective because the run game was effective because they were able to get the ball down the field. Um, and they were able to get plays in chunks, which is something they haven't been able to do consistently for quite a while. Um, even without, you know, a true speed option, they were able to find ways to get 15, 20 yard chunks and create explosive plays and kind of, um, you know, get, get drives into hyperdrive, so to speak, and get, get the ball moving. And it, it really helps. So Lombardi deserves a ton of credit. You know, it was against the Rams. The Rams are not very good, but the Rams are one week removed from absolutely demolishing oh the Broncos. Yeah. So, they put up 50 in that game, I believe. Put up 50 and they scored, I think on all eight of their offensive possessions in that game. Yeah. With the exception mm -hmm. of the very last possession where they kneeled on the ball. So yep. To hold them to ten points after the the game they had uh, last week, and with their familiarity with with Staley's defense, is really good. And like I said, the offense deserves a ton of credit. You put up thirty one. Justin didn't need to be a god. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't need to be perfect for a change. He just he made the plays he needed to make, but he didn't need to be otherworldly. And I think that's a really good formula for winning in the playoffs. If you can run the ball, establish the line of scrimmage and start stretching the field and keep Herbert clean, you've got a good chance to put up some points in, in the playoffs. And that's, I wasn't necessarily feeling that way about this offense. Even after last week's clinching win, they, they were just having a hard time moving the ball and they had some yeah. very easy drives this week. Yep. Yeah. And again, Jamie, as you're talking, we got another director raid again, two weeks in a row. So thanks. Appreciate you guys and everybody that subscribed since last week and uh, joined us today. Uh, director's too kind. He did it again this week. Uh, dm'd him and he's a, he seems like a real sweet guy so thank you guys for joining us and yeah i mean i some people kind of talk still out on lombardi and i don't know that anybody can write off what he's done uh for the 16 weeks leading up to this but yeah i mean quite honestly there was everything was clicking today i there wasn't any real uh bad spots offensively we talked about the two uh kind of stalled drives in this game but i like like Jamie said, it was 50 points last week against Denver, and the fact that they were able to come down and really, even when the Rams brought it within you know seven, ten points or whatever in the second quarter, it wasn't. It never felt like uh, they were all really that close. And and to your point, it really did feel like a preseason game. Uh, I, I, they sat their starters with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, which we haven't seen, which was obviously the right move. Uh, you know, the fact that I mean that, able, that never happens in the NFL. No, you just don't uh -uh. see that. No, not especially not like you see it kind of five, six minutes in the fourth quarter when there's a drive left, but Chase was able to go two drives, uh, get a couple first downs, and it was it was awesome. And um, yeah, so it was 
this was one of those games. They blew out a bad team last week. They did it this week. They did everything they needed to do. And uh, the run game was uh, tough this week. Uh, Gave up way too many yards on the ground, which is something they're going to have to fix going into the playoffs. And quite honestly, we got a little – we got a little uh, bad news or a little bad play from Kenneth Murray this week who had been kind of ascending, and uh, it just seems like he, uh, for the majority of the game, had some pretty bad spots. Yeah, um, I actually started watching Murray over the weekend. I wanted to see his last four or five games because people have been raving about him, and <laughs> it's hard to watch him super closely uh, you know, while you're watching the game live. Um. And I thought, I thought, you know, I watched the Cardinals game and I watched the Ravens game. I'm going to watch a few more, but he was he played pretty well against the Cardinals and the um, the Cardinals and the Raiders. He did not play well today. He was really having a hard time. He was really standing out in coverage over the last few weeks, in particular. Not so much against the run. He'd flash and make the occasional tackle, but he's still struggling with his reads and things like that. But he was really standing out in coverage the last four or five weeks. That was not the case today. He struggled. They were going after him constantly, were the Rams, um, mm-hmm. both in the run game, trying to pull him out, out of position <clears throat> with motion, which they had a lot of success with, throwing at him and Nasir Adderley um, in the deep and intermediate part of the field, having a lot of success doing that. Um, so he, Kenneth, had a really, really rough day. It was not a good day for him. A lot of the leaks in the run game, could be attributed to him either being pulled out of position or shooting the wrong gap or just reacting to window dressing and not really understanding what's going on in front of him. It was a tough day, but that's, that was really the only blemish I think um, on the day. Only major blemish was Murray did not play well. And the run defense was problematic, which is something they need to fix because you can't win in the playoffs if you can't stop the run. Yeah. Eventually, they took the Rams out of it, and they had to pass the ball more once they got that lead. So uh, that helped. But, yeah, I mean, we saw – I mean, the first drive, Kenneth Murray get caught on an island with Cam Akers, falls down. Uh, luckily, uh, Akers couldn't bring it in. A little bit ahead of him from Baker, but that's probably seven. Um, we had the missed open field tackle on Baker Mayfield on a third down, got an easy first. When he took out his own teammate on that – what was it? 42 yard run from cam Akers, where he hit Jasir Taylor in the back and knocked him down. That was rough. Um, we saw, you know, he was sent on a blitz before the half. He got an incompletion on that. Uh, there were some good moments, but you know, it just, they were running at Kenneth Murray. Uh, he picked the wrong gap uh, a couple times and uh, that was part of the big runs. But I mean, outside of the run game and, and some bad play from Kenneth Murray, there's just, it was quite honestly, it's felt like that this was, as close to a perfect game plan from all three phases from the chargers in a game, they, you know, they probably could have skated through maybe started thinking about playoffs and all that other stuff, but man, it just, it was, it was amazing to just sit back and not really worry about a game where they've already made the playoffs and they just went out and, and beat them. Yeah. I mean, you got to take care of business against bad teams. If you're going to be a playoff team and the last couple of weeks, They've been building their momentum and they took care of the Colts. It was closer than I would have liked, even at 20 to three, 23 to three, whatever it was. Uh, but this week they really, they really beat the brakes off of the Rams. Um, and that, that this was a game that I was a little concerned with because of the familiarity the Rams have with Brandon Staley's defense figure they'd have a plan for him. Um, and they did early, but they really had a hard time moving the ball for the, for the majority of the second half. So, uh, 
very impressive, very impressive game for the Chargers. It was a huge win for them. And I like to see them pushing for that fifth seed instead of just resting guys because they can. The competitor in me wants to win games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I think I think winning that fifth seed, as much as people will say seeding doesn't matter in the playoffs, winning that fifth seed, I think it matters. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important because it's the difference between playing the Jacksonville Jaguars or, or the Tennessee Titans and playing it could be Buffalo, it could be Kansas City, it could be Cincinnati, and I don't think you want to see any one of those teams in the first round of the playoffs, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so they can't roll the dice with, with the Jags or the Titans happily. Yep. Yep. So they can't get any lower than the sixth now. So it's fifth or sixth from here on out after that win today. Uh, huge game for Moss and Eckler. Uh, we kind of talked about the run game, but we got that 72 yard breakaway touchdown. Uh, huge block from shout out to Matt Filer, who we've dogged uh, for weeks. A uh, good lead <laughs> block there. And uh, Keenan helped spring him too with a tr- nice little trap block coming across and spring an Eckler, and he wasn't getting chased down today. He scored yeah, a you know, touchdown. Filers, you know, they've had issues with some of those those trap pull blocks with guys coming across the formation, the formation and screwing up the timing of the play. Uh, Filer had a fantastic block. He kicked out, I think it was Bobby Wagner, and sealed off the hole, and Eckler was gone. It was a beautiful, beautiful block. Probably Filer's best block of the season. Um. I think we need to give Brandon Staley some love too, because we were really critical of him for several weeks. Uh, You know, we, we took our shots. We said he needed to be fired, questioned what he was good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were having issues with his play calling. We were having issues with his clock management, um, game planning, his ability to make adjustments in the game, all of it. And for them to be, for them to be 10 and six right now, have a chance to finish 11 and six we both predicted them to have either 11 or 12 wins this season. So for them to hit that mark with all the injuries and all the adversity they faced mm-hmm. uh, with all the leaks on defense with Joe Lombardi, basically puking all over the offense all season <laughs> um, for them to still be in this position and have an opportunity to win 11 games, lock up the fifth seed and be the first wild card team. Uh, I think it's really a testament to the job that he did keeping the team together uh he made adjustments which we weren't convinced that he was able to um that he was good that he was able to or willing to make mm-hmm. made adjustments with his, his defensive scheme did a good job of putting guys in a position to succeed simplifying the scheme asking less of guys i think it's part of the reason why murray was starting to show to, to play better these last few weeks it's why we've seen guys like gilman flash the last few weeks it's why michael davis has played so well it's because they've simplement they've simplified things quite a bit mm-hmm. And I think um, I think Staley deserves a lot of credit because he did something that we didn't think he was going to be able to do. I think he has no doubt earned the third year on his contract. And there's a reason to be excited for the playoffs because of the adjustments and changes that they've made down the stretch and the way that he keep the, he kept the team together uh, when it looked like they were you know possibly ready to to fall apart at six and six after losing consecutive games to the Chiefs and, and Niners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a huge turnaround and yeah, he deserves a ton of credit and the uh, rumors of him losing a locker room, uh, obviously were not the case. Uh, it's, it is impressive with all the injuries. You know, we, we kept saying that the injuries aren't an excuse and that he's got to do something. And he kept talking about how good this team was and how they were together and, and how they were going to get through this. And we we're all saying how, how, you know, you've got a pretty uh, hard schedule that that Raider game was a 
pretty close to a must-win game in order to make the playoffs. But then it became like, hey, they just needed to beat one of the Titans or the Dolphins. They swept them. They've on a four-game winning streak now. Everybody's been together. There's been a lot of, you know, um, backlash for the guys they brought in. You know, they wanted, you know, some better veterans off the street. They've made these other guys that they've signed work in in the ways that they need to they've been without derwin and bosa and slater and jc jackson and you know it chargers teams in uh, in the past would have absolutely folded with those important of injuries and they've been able to make it all work and you've seen and it's it's a testament to the development too of guys like jasir taylor and michael davis and how joshua kelly shined and joshua palmer has had big moments this season i mean that's that's really a testament to not only the roster that they've been able to develop between Telesco and Staley so far, but the way in which Staley's been able to develop that talent. And to be the fifth seed is huge in a year where they were almost kind of given up on just five, six weeks ago. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's huge. And, yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. Staley does. Yeah, absolutely. He's done a fantastic job. And I hope that this upward trajectory continues. Um through the rest of the season and in the next season for the rest of his contract, because if these are the kind of just kind of adjustments he's going to make and what we're going to see is them continuing to build during the season, instead of falling off a cliff, like a lot of chargers team have done teams have historically done. Then I mm -hmm. think we're in for a treat. So yeah, a uh, lot of credit to Staley. He's done a great job and you know, you kind of wonder that the offense I thought looked noticeably different this week than it has pretty much all season. And oh. they've had Mike and Keenan back for a few weeks, so I don't think it was them coming back. The mm -hmm. offensive line hasn't had any major changes. Kind of wonder if Staley stuck his fingers in the offense this week mm. and called for them to push the ball down the field more and and take more chances down the field and make things easier on Herbert because um, it's something they they haven't been doing a lot of. And to see them do it late in the season – you know, as they're building towards the playoffs, kind of, kind of makes you wonder if that's something he's getting involved in. It's a good question. Uh, you know, it's not like there's been a ton of. Well, is it Donald Parham? Is that the issue? It's not Keenan. It's not Mike. It's not getting Trey Pipkins back. Who uh, a lot of people saying uh, shout out to uh, how tough he's been this year, and he absolutely has been. Um, he's just he's been huge. Going down today, coming back in. Uh, they need him, and hopefully he'll be healthy. Uh, at least close to as healthy as he can be going into the playoffs. And quite honestly, I, you know, I, I, I could definitely go buy into that theory that maybe Staley had a little bit something to do with this offense because, quite honestly, the whole philosophy changed today. It was much different than we've seen in uh, in weeks past, and we saw a lot of passes behind the sticks today, which is a thing of beauty when you're needing a third and five, third and six. Yeah, I just wanted to address something real quick in the chat. Okay. Um, Andres, you must have tuned in late because one of the first things that I said talking about the game was that that Lombardi called his best game of the season. So I thought he was playing with the Rams defense pretty much the whole game. He called a great game. They were kind of they were playing rope a dope with the defense the whole game. Short, medium, deep. Short, deep. They were they were pulling them in, going over the top. They challenged the middle of the field. Play they action. found the boundary. These are things they had not been doing for most of the season. So we did 
we did credit him. We're just wondering it was such a stark change in the way that they've been calling plays uh, for the entire season and really for the majority of Joe's tenure here. Uh, we were just wondering, you know, if Staley had any any part in that because of, there was a noticeable difference in the way they were calling plays. Yep. Yep. And Khan wants us to give a shout out to Mike Williams. Uh, we've been pretty negative on him for not getting separation and being slow, but he gets 50-50 balls every time and has great hands, he says. Well, if, they, if he <laughs> was he catching was them every time, then they wouldn't be 50-50 balls, first of all. Mm -hmm. If he's getting um, separation, it wouldn't be 50-50 balls. And if he was getting more separation, they wouldn't be 50-50 balls because he'd be mm -hmm. wide open and they wouldn't have to throw jump balls. Mm -hmm. Mike had a great game. We already said he had a great game. He made two fantastic acrobatic catches on the sideline. One was um, almost Antonio Cromartie-ish versus yeah. Colts. Yeah. Yep. Off of Manning, that one-handed behind mm -hmm. his head. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Mike had a great game. I, I still think there's deficiencies in his game that we have fairly criticized, uh, but they did a good job of finding ways to scheme him open, and he made some nice catches, so he deserves some credit for the plays he made today. Mm -hmm. The flow of the offense was a lot better, too. There wasn't a lot of rushed hurry-up that felt scattered, except uh, before the half which we had talked about where they uh, settle for a field goal. But other than that, everything had nice tempo. Uh, Justin Herbert was able to operate. The offensive line kept him clean the entire game. Shout out to all five of those guys. And quite honestly, it was it was Lombardi's best uh, coach game as a Charger in the last two years. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to – we talked about Donald Parham. We talked about uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, defensively, Kyle Vanoy was a monster today again. And Morgan Fox. Uh, two guys they signed this offseason that are really pitching in late in the season. Yeah. I mean, Fox has been great all year. Fox yeah. has been great. Callahan's been great. And both those guys showed up several times today. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Fox has been, I think, better against the run than what I would have expected coming into the season mm -hmm. because he's playing defensive tackle at like 260 or 270 pounds. He's not the biggest guy, uh, but he gets upfield and he makes plays. But he's been really good on stunts and twists and a very effective interior pass rusher all season. So I, th I feel like Fox kind of transformed the interior of that defensive line, even with the injuries that they've had. Um, he gave them an element that they really wanted to get out of Jerry Tillery and couldn't. <laughs> and he's provided it all year long. And Callahan has just been amazing. I mean, he's been like glue in the secondary for the majority of the season. I can remember him getting beat maybe once or twice all year. Um, he just shuts guys down. He's great mm -hmm. in the slot. He could probably have some success outside if they wanted him to. Seems like you could put him in two or three different roles in that in the defensive scheme, and he'd be really good. So both those guys deserve a ton of credit. They've been great all year. Yeah. Yeah, Magic Mike has a question here that I think is a good one. Do you guys feel better or worse about this team compared to the 2018, 2018 team heading into the playoffs? I know this is recency bias. I'm kind of going back, but – I wasn't all that confident in the 2018 team, to be honest with you. I mean, I thought they had a win in them, but I didn't know that they were, that they could really go that far. Uh, with Herbert, you feel like he could overcome a lot and take them into uh, pretty deep into a playoff run. Yeah, you know, I think you know from what I remember from the 2018 season, I felt like Rivers' play was going in the wrong direction at the end of the season. For sure. He really tailed off in the second half and especially down the stretch. Um, so I was nervous going into the Baltimore game. I figured the Chargers would be able to 
kind of shut down that offense that the Ravens offense because it was so predictable early mm-hmm. on in in Lamar's career. But I wasn't sure they were going to be able to move the ball effectively against the Ravens That's because defense. the Ravens are mm-hmm. good defensively and mm-hmm. the Chargers were just struggling to move the football. Um so and and they had a lot of breaks that year. A lot of breaks. They stayed really healthy all year long. Basically every tip pass, every fourth down play, every red zone play, everything mm-hmm. went their way from like week 5 on. They put uh, Adrian Phillips in the defense, um, and he started playing 60 70% of the snaps every week, starting in week four or five against the Raiders that year. Yeah. And then they were off and running defensively, and that kind of transformed mm-hmm. the season for them. Yeah. Um, but I never really felt like they were going to make a deep run with that team. Yeah, I didn't either. But how do you feel um, about this team? Do you feel like I, they can make a deep run? I, I like this team. Uh, I think – what they did today gives me hope because they were running the ball really well. And I think you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to win the line of scrimmage to win mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah. And they've struggled they with did. that a time this year, but they won, they, they won the line of scrimmage really the last two weeks for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my only concern is, is that a lot of this run has been built against, let's be honest, some bad football teams. Um, the Rams are not very good. The Colts mm-hmm. are not very good. Um, Tennessee, when they played them was not very good. Uh, they kind they're, of exposed the Dolphins anymore. They're on a good quarterback. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of exposed the Dolphins. So um, I, I have some questions. I think I still have some questions about the defense as well as they've been playing. I have the defense. I have some questions against the defense in the playoffs mm-hmm. and we'll see how Lombardi does in the playoffs, but I feel like they can maybe win one or two games if things fall, fall the right way. Um, I, I'm still not sure they're deep enough to make a really deep run. And I just want to see how they fare against better teams because they've had a hard time beating good teams. Yeah, I going into the 2018 playoffs, I uh, I remember just being kind of 50-50 on it, being like, they there's a chance they could win. The big nickel was working. And uh, yeah, when Adrian Phillips joined, it, it really did kind of catapult that defense a little bit. But we weren't a big fans of Gus Bradley, and we thought, you know, no way they're going to shut down a guy like Lamar. And they, they figured it out. And it was a beautiful game plan. But I wasn't all that confident. If the Chargers today play the Jaguars, I'd be pretty confident that they would beat the Jaguars. Even though the Jaguars beat them, I have a little bit more confidence in this team. So I think I feel better about this version of the Chargers than I did 2018 Chargers. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Uh, just want to, So, uh, Omar, and thanks everybody for tuning in, man. This is awesome. Appreciate you guys sticking around and uh, joining us. What do you think about Bosa today? Very quiet. Didn't really he was quiet. I think he flashed a couple times, sniffed a couple sacks, but didn't quite get home. That bull uh, rush I, didn't go away. Jesus. He yeah. Fucked guys today. I think he'll be fine. I just, you know, he's been off the field since week three, coming back from a core muscle injury. Uh, it's going to take him a little bit of time to be full speed, but I think if they use him properly and they mix him in in the right situations, I think he'll be very effective for him in the play for them in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. I thought he was about what you'd expect. He looked good. He was probably winded. There were a couple of times he wound up on the ground that I was a little bit surprised by, but yes, overall for not being on the field for what, 12 weeks, I think it was, I think he had a pretty solid day. Yeah. You could tell that Bosa was still trying to get his feet under him. You didn't see all those setups and everything. It was just kind of his straight go-to moves. Like I said, that, that power rush was still working. He was forklift and Havenstein. I think it was the right tackle, but, um, just didn't feel like he had his feet under him. Uh, his can- contact balance was a little off today, kind of spinning and falling down. He looked gassed at times, a little winded. But this was, I mean, th- that's really what to be expected. This was kind of a tune-up game for Bosa. That's what this this 
week was, and next week will be for the Chargers and Joey Bosa. It's going to be a tune-up, get him ready so he can fire on all cylinders once they hit the playoffs. And so he'll be in football shape by the time uh, they're in playoff mode. So, you know, I, I'm not worried about it. I, you know, he, he flashed today. He definitely helped set the edge a couple times, was in the backfield a couple times, didn't make a, a ton of plays, but uh, he, he did his work today in a limited basis. Yeah, it was just good to have him back out there to be honest. I mean, he's been gone for so long just to know that he's in, in good enough shape to be on the field um, and that he's building towards the playoffs is a, is a comforting feeling for Charger fans. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, our buddy Craig wants to know about Kyle Vanoy. Uh, what's up, Craig? Happy New Year. Um, Vanoy's impact on this team, both on and off the field, has been immeasurable. Do you think he's back next year? Jamie, would you bring back KVN? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I know he's been calling players only meetings down the stretch, which is something they haven't particularly, they haven't um, typically done. Um, and he's been so good off the edge these last three or four weeks uh, today with the forced fumble. I think he's had four sacks in the last four weeks. He's constantly around the quarterbacks. He reads the screen so well. He's just such a valuable asset because he's seen so much and had so much success on the field. I think he's a guy that you know, some of the younger guys can lean on in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'd bring him back. I think he's even, even production aside, I think he's so valuable in the locker room. He's one of the few guys that I think is willing. It's, it's worth paying him to have him around just because of the value he put, he adds on the locker room. And when he starts producing as well, it, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And he only signed for 2.25 million. And in that vein, I would absolutely look into re-signing Morgan Fox those two back to back, if I can, both cheap veterans towards the end of their career, but really, really helping out this team push to the playoffs. Uh, all right, let's go to a couple more questions. Go ahead and uh, uh, send them in if you got them, and we'll uh, we'll get to those. Uh, let's see, just trying to find some. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're, we're past this, right? From Austin Gore Sr., what's up? Uh, you seem new. Uh, has Justin silenced the naysayers? I don't, think, I don't think we are past it. Um, you think people are still betting against Justin Herbert? I, I, betting against is strong. Okay. But they're moving the goalposts for sure. Um, a couple weeks ago, it was he's never even made the playoffs. Now he's mm -hmm. made the playoffs. So, well, he's never won his division. Yeah. If he wins his division, it's going to be, oh, well, he's never won the Super Bowl. Right. He's never won a playoff game. Okay. And he had, then he's before never won this the Super week, Bowl. he had... What's that? I said, and then it'll be, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. and they'll just Yeah, and then it'll be, oh, well, he hasn't won two Super Bowls. I mean, they'll just keep moving the moving the, the goalposts goal for, uh -huh. for whatever reason. So 
I don't think it's over. I think people will always find a reason to nitpick. There seems to be, I think on some level, there's some Justin Herbert fatigue because you see some of these ridiculous throws all over social media and people are just tired of hearing mm -hmm. about him. Um, Which is what we, we did with Mahomes. Yeah. We we did, no, it's not. Yeah. You mm -hmm. get tired of hearing about the other guy's quarterback. Sure. So yeah. I, it's perfectly natural. I think it's natural from the fans. I think some of the stuff that we get from the media is frankly ridiculous. Um, I said it here a few weeks ago, and I think they all but confirmed it on a recent show. I think Joy Taylor and Sam Ocho, their reasons for slamming him have nothing to do with football. Uh, can you block no. that? I, oh, I don't know where I'm at. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I think their reasons for slamming Herbert have nothing to do with football whatsoever. They've They've – Basically, I mean, Joy Taylor all but came out and said on TV a few weeks ago that she doesn't like Herbert because he's white. So I think there's some things going on there that are kind of weird um, that we have no control over and better off just ignoring them. But didn't she go on to say that, like, he's not Herbert or no, he's not Bur Burrow? Was she that was later? Oh, yeah. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, she came out after uh, I think it was right before they clinched the playoffs, it was two weeks ago, I think, she came out and said something to the effect of, well, as somebody who benefits from her aesthetics professionally, I can appreciate Justin Herbert getting ahead because of his his aesthetics, talking about mm -hmm. his skin color, basically, because she's always comparing him to African-American quarterbacks. Um, and then after they clinched the playoffs, she came out and said something. She started comparing him to Burrow. Well, how can we say that Justin Herbert is better than than Joe Burrow, he's never led his team to the playoffs, and Burrow was in the Super Bowl, and it's just not right. And so it's always something. But it's is that? Something. But do we count those as naysayers? Those feel like the Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless, like talking heads that nobody's going for a measure take to any of those guys or girls. No one's going for a measure take to them. But when they say shit like that, it fuels the fire to the naysayers. It just gives people more, more ammo. So oh, okay. I don't know. I I haven't heard anybody smart say that Justin Herbert isn't good. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, that's so. fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do hear you. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the whole thing about obviously the two with thing, which we ignored. And then once the, the chargers uh, handed the dolphins uh, their ass to them, we uh, then uh, addressed Acho. But then after that, seeing Joy Taylor and everybody else, it just, I, I don't, I always ignore that stuff. So I don't really care about it, but yeah, I, I see it. I see that they're always comparing Herbert and and all this other stupid stuff just to kind of garner views. But I, I don't, I don't care. I never yeah, do. I, I don't watch their show, but their stuff winds up in my timeline for some reason, <laughs> so I wind up seeing it. And then eventually, I get bored or curious, and I watch, yeah. I watch it, and I'm like, why did I do that? So I don't know. Yeah. All right. So then Jay wants to know: Do we have any updates on Slater? I don't have a single one. I know that might disappoint you, but. Uh, I haven't heard anything about uh, Rashawn Slater, and I haven't heard it for weeks. Um, I know that some people are reporting that he'll be back sometime. The end of the season's here. They said, you know, a couple weeks ago towards the end of the season and or the playoffs, but I, I haven't heard anything. So take that for what you will. Um, I, you know, I don't want to make anything up. I don't, I don't know anything about Slater. So no updates for me on Slater. Yeah, I, I think we would have heard something by now, whether it was from the media actually reporting that he was being returned or from mm -hmm. Garrett's contact. I think we would have heard something by now if he was coming back. My guess is they know it's a long recovery from a torn 
a torn pectoral, a torn bicep. Bicep? bicep? Is it bicep or pec? I think so. I think it's bicep. I think it's bicep. Either way, it's a gruesome injury. It takes time. They're not going to risk it because he's so important for the future. So I would be surprised if we see him back. Honestly, I was a little surprised we saw Bosa back. I'm glad we did, but for a while, I wasn't sure we were going to. Yeah. Um, I kept telling you you didn't believe me. Well, before before you started getting the information <laughs> that he was coming back, I didn't yeah, think I he would. I know. It got quiet for a long time. And it kept going week to week, week to week thing. Staley would never uh, give a straight answer on that either. But he's back. And I'm quite honestly shocked that they played him today. Because they, the plan was to have him practice for two to three full days. He got in two limiteds, and then they they activated him. So very interesting. He must have really wanted to come back. We I And we talked about that too. We talked about that because it when when the, the team was doing bad, there were internal talks about, hey, we might just shut Bosa down. What's even the point of bringing him back? But Bosa was like, I'm I'm coming back, so figure that out. You know, he was he was pushing to come back real hard. So that is that is a fact that he he definitely probably talked himself into playing today, and good for him. Now he's got two games to kind of tune up. Uh, what do you think about Xander Horvath? Was he? Was he out today? He was inactive had... today. Okay, and so Stone Smart got some uh, fullback looks today, which was nice. But I don't recall Xander being on the injury report, but I do know he was inactive today. Yeah. Oh no, he was. He was on the injury report. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got he he got injured last week, outside of last week's game. Um, what what Omar? What's going on with Spiller? They gave Roundtree those RB three snaps. When Spiller could have been that guy. I mean, it seems like they've been they've been bending over backwards not to put Spiller on the field unless they absolutely have to all season. Mm -hmm. So he's on some kind of a red shirt plan. I don't know what the plan is for him right now, but um, they don't feel like he needs to be on the field. So they're they've been for a while. It was Sony. Now it's Roundtree. The last two mm -hmm. weeks, they just don't seem motivated to put him on the field. Yeah, and um, we talked about. Uh, during training camp, like he wasn't getting a lot of preseason snaps. And all we kept, I, I, I kept getting told was that he wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. And it just seems like he's still not ready because they're not giving him the snaps. It's interesting. Yeah. It, it I, you almost wonder if it's a pass protection thing, if they just trust Roundtree and Kelly in pass protection more than they trust Spiller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, you need to go all Adam Schefter on that. Oh, if I get if I get scoops, it's in the Discord, man. I'll I'll be Adam Schefter in Discord. Um, is Storm worse than Sorrell? I can't tell the difference sometimes. Boy, does he seem offsides every time he gets a snap. He field. doesn't seem offsides. He is offsides. <laughs> <laughs> False start, I can say. Oh, uh, what False a false start. Great delivery, Jamie. I like that. He doesn't seem offsides. That's good. <laughs> good one. Yeah. No, he's he's always offsides. But go ahead. Um, that's, I mean, are they the same? I think they're pretty much the same guy. They're both mm -hmm. bad. Um, the chargers don't seem to want to put Norton on the field. Like they don't want to put Spiller on the field. Yeah. I, that's one I can kind of understand as opposed to Spiller for whatever reason. Um, but neither mm -hmm. one of them is very good and you're in trouble if either one of them is on the field for an extended period of time. It just mm -hmm. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Robert e Ely, Eli is Michael Davis, a shutdown corner. Great break on the ball in that third down uh, at the goal line. Had another stop on a sideline on a third down. He looked very good. 
shutdown corner. I, I don't think we're quite there yet, but he's been very good. Do you think he's a I, shutdown corner? No, I would say Mike is like a really solid number two and a guy who can fill in at number one if you need him to. I, I don't think I would call him shutdown just because I know he has a lot of PBUs in the last few weeks, but that's because people are throwing at him and you don't throw at shutdown corners. So, and he's still apt to, to give up the, the big play, not the big play, but he's still apt to get beat every once in a while, which is part of being a corner. Um, but I would not say he shut down, but he has yeah. been very, very good uh, ever since he came in for JC in week, what was that, week four or five? He's been really good. I'll, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. If that was JC Jackson makes, making those plays, Twitter would be a blaze. He's been going somewhat unnoticed. He's getting little shout outs here or there, but man, JC Jackson makes those plays. Everybody's going hog wild. But when Michael Davis does it, it's like, oh, great. Michael Davis is filling in nicely. You know, it's just kind of an even toned uh, response. But man, he's been playing outstanding. And it's going to be yeah. great for the playoffs. And, and I like him particularly as a matchup guy. If and mm -hmm. when JC eventually comes back healthy, I love, I've always loved Michael Davis defending. Um, tight ends, big tight ends and big receivers. I just think he's so physical and so good with that matchup. He's had some really good outings against Kelsey and against Darren Waller and some other tight ends. Um, he's, I think he's definitely a valuable piece to have now that he's playing well again. Yeah. Uh, okay. We can take it. Do the chargers have a real argument against Niner fans for Joey Bosa versus Nick Bosa debate? No. Nick Bosa, obviously the better Bosa. I think so. Right now, I'd say so. I we mean, talked to Kyle Posey about that, and he was kind of wishy-washy on it. Yeah, I think um, Nick is just more consistent bell-to-bell. -bell. He just makes more plays. Joey does a lot of the dirty work. Mm -hmm. He gets to the quarterback. He makes plays in the run game, but he isn't flashy and explosive like like Nick is. Like Nick? Uh-huh. Joey even just, said Nick was better. So yeah, I think, I'll take his I think he for is. It. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, do you still prefer the Jags for the wild card? Uh, my my absolute preference would be for Baltimore to lose at least one, if not two, down the stretch. The Chargers to finish in the five seed. Actually, wait. Let me think about that. The... The Ravens can climb if they win their next two games, and the last game is against Cincinnati. So Cincinnati will have to lose against the Bills. And did they did they play already? They play. Uh, the Ravens play tomorrow night, I think. No, I mean the Bills and Bengals. They play tonight. Oh, okay, so Bills and Bengals. If Bills beat the Bengals, which could happen, they play. Bill, uh, Bengals play the Ravens. So if the Bengals lose the next two and Ravens win, then they can move up and then. Bengals move down, and then that's how the Chargers could play the Bengals or the Ravens. If the if the Bengals wind up falling out of the division, though, they would wind, they'd be the fifth seed, wouldn't they? They would be the and Bills and Bengals play tomorrow because they have a they're Ravens. they're eleven and four right now, so they have a two game lead. So so let me see. Well, that was last week, so. I'd have to I'd have to look that up. But anyway, I'm going to pull it up. Give me one second. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say so. I would the Bengals say, are 11 and four. Mm -hmm. Baltimore is 10 and five. The Chargers mm -hmm. are now 10 and six. Mm -hmm. So and the 
The Bengals are seven and three in the AFC. The Chargers are seven and four. So if the Chargers win next week, they would be eleven and six. They would have an eight and four record in the conference. Mm-hmm. The Bengals would be eleven and six. They would have a seven and five record in the conference. So the Chargers would be the fifth seed. The Bengals would be the fourth seed, and the Bengals would. And I'm sorry, Chargers would be the fifth seed. The Ravens right. would be the fourth seed, and the Bengals would be the sixth seed right. because of tiebreakers. Yeah, that is the ideal scenario. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think that's the scenario that we should all be rooting for. Is for the Bengals. I'm sorry for the Ravens to somehow win Out. the AFC North, and the Chargers to leapfrog the Bengals, and and wind up with the fifth seed. I think that's somewhat unlikely. It's possible, mm-hmm. but unlikely. Yeah. Barring that, I think you're you're hoping for a shot to play either to play the four seed. To play either, um, either Tennessee or Jacksonville, depending on who wins that that division. Would the Ravens have a better a better record than the Jags, though? Would that would the yes, Ravens? Yes, the Ravens would have a better record than the Jags. Okay, all right, got it. Okay, so the the Jags right now are eight and eight, so the best they can finish is nine and eight. The Ravens already have ten wins, so. Um, the Ravens are going to finish with a better record than the Jags, no matter what. Yeah. And we talked about that Ravens matchup being the most desirable, uh, last week. So that's definitely, uh, one we'd look forward to. And you got Greg Roman as offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm, I'm betting on the chargers winning that game. Greg Roman versus Joe Lombardi would be quite an interesting playoff offensive coordinator matchup between those two. Um, uh, what about Jason asking, do you think Ryan Ficken will become a head coaching candidate? either this offseason or next? Uh, I think he's been pretty highly regarded for a few years, and I'm not sure he's ever had an, a head coaching interview. Um, oh, yeah. I don't I don't think so. I can look that up, but... He might need one more really good year with the Chargers to be considered a head coaching candidate. Um, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like those special teams coaches really get serious run as hot candidates for, for head coaching jobs. I'm not, I'm not sure why. I've always thought it would make sense for them to to get serious run because they're so involved with developing the middle and bottom of the roster. Um, it just seems like it makes a good fit because they have relationships with, you know, with the guys that are doing the dirty work, which makes them easier to relate to. But mm-hmm. um, that's why I always liked um, Tube, the guy from Dave Kansas Tube. City, Dave Tube, Dave Tube from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I think he probably needs at least one more year with the Chargers to be to become a, a hot offseason candidate for head coach. Do you think a part of me thinks he's probably got to become an offensive coordinator and get a work his way up? You don't really see a lot of special teams guys getting hired straight off the bat. But I mean, he's only had two years of special teams experience. It was Vikings last year, Chargers this year. Uh, it's probably a little soon, and I think he's got to be an offensive coordinator sometime before they start thinking about him. I looked it up. I didn't see anybody um, uh, offer him a job or him going in for an interview or anything. Former Arizona State, Jamie. Oh, is he from ASU? I didn't know that. He went to ASU. 98 to 2001. And there you go. Same timeline I was there. (laughs) Hey, maybe you guys partied together. (laughs) Could be. All right. Well, I think uh, if you guys got any last minute questions, feel free to send them. Um, I don't know if there's any other things we want to touch on, Jamie. Is there anybody we missed? I think we 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 talked about a lot of it. 
before we get off here. Thanks again for everybody tuning in. We appreciate you. Thanks to the director for sending everybody our way again. And uh, thanks for everybody for sticking around. It was more of a stop by and hang out rather than just like a drive through, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the, to the I can't talk. Yeah. Thank you to the director for yeah. sending everybody our way. <laughs> uh, I, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, just a real <laughs> impressive key win for the chargers down the stretch, yeah. but they can keep building on it. Like you mentioned it tune up. It felt like the preseason in a lot of ways, but a good tune up game. They took care of business. They got the starters off the field for a little while. Um, very important for them. So hopefully they keep it going. All right. Let's rank these before we get out. Last question. Worst playoff scenario for the chargers, chiefs, bills, Bengals. I'm going one Buffalo two Kansas city, three Cincinnati. Definitely Buffalo one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's Bengals two and Chiefs three, Ooh, but it's close. Uh -huh. I have a feeling the Chargers would have a really hard time defending the Bengals wide receiver trio. I'm just not sure they have the bodies or the speed to cover those guys. So mm -hmm. um, I have a feeling that Michael Davis might have some issues with Jamar Chase. And uh, I think Boyd and T Higgins – would give them some issues as well in the middle of the field. So I, we've seen them play the chiefs. They match up pretty well against the chiefs. They haven't really beat them yet, but they mm -hmm. they're able to hang in and give them a tough game and maybe get a break or two, go your way and you can beat them. Yeah. The bank will scare me. I think they're, I think they're really building uh, some momentum and I think they're going to be really good. They're already it. really good, but I mm -hmm. think they're just going to keep getting better. Yeah. Buffalo clear cut. Number one, I think. Just with that defense and Josh Allen, it's just uh, they're definitely, for me, the favorites in the AFC. Cool. All right. Well, hey, listen, we appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube here. Uh, and uh, we are uh, at Garrett Jamie's at Lightning underscore round. Join the Patreon. We got a bunch of stuff on our Discord. Uh, we got stickers and shirts and all that other stuff if you need it or want it. Happy New Year. We appreciate you guys. And we will see you next time. Happy New Year. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.